fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hang on here. We have to have, of course, on a middle of the week, we have to have some technical issues as we're trying to work on some of the live streaming, getting it up all over the place. Welcome into the program. It is a Wednesday, the middle of the week, the post-post-Monday, the pre-pre-Friday, your millennial general reporting for duty, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship station all over the country. On radio and TV, plus the live streaming as well. We got a big show for you lined up today. It's going to blow you out of the water like we do every single day, at least hopefully. (laughs) See what we do? See what we do? Coming up on the program, Lucas Miles. He is author of the book, The Christian Left, How How Liberal Thought Hijacked the Church. Christianity and the left-wing progressives, do they mingle? Do they coexist in today's era? We'll talk about that here coming up in just a little bit. But today... Joe Biden has officially taken care of us. Joe Biden and the Democrats have officially done something to do things for us. Now, Donald Trump over the last nine months during COVID-19 has not taken care of the American people in any way, shape, or form. He despised the American people. Donald Trump tried to tell you to drink Clorox, which I do find hilarious because if you see something like that on social media... They wouldn't block that as false information uh, from their third-party investigators or community standards or whatever. But if you say something that's actually truthful on social media, then, of course, they're going to block you and say that, well, you know, that goes against our community standards. But when you hear a news about Donald Trump trying to tell you to drink Clorox to kill yourself from COVID-19, that, of course, will not get blocked on social media. So, uh, of course, what else do you expect with some of the ridiculousness from social media? Nonetheless, uh, we have... Donald Trump killing everybody and Joe Biden saving everybody. Now, Donald Trump passed two COVID-19 relief packages. Donald Trump got the COVID-19 vaccine in over in just less than nine months, and we had 30 million distributed by the time that he left office. But Joe Biden is now saving the day. He has passed the third COVID-19 relief package officially today. And that's the breaking news of the day. So, as you know, yesterday the U.S. Senate ended up passing the bill uh, with a 50 to 49 margin, a very narrow margin, and that does not include the $15 an hour minimum wage. So, I guess Republicans are like, hey, we won something. (laughs) And Democrats just kind of ran through everything else that they want to. We've talked about some of the porculus in the bill, but it did go over to the House of Representatives. It passed in a very partisan fashion. The Joe Biden that wanted to bring partisanship or bipartisanship that wanted to be the president for everybody, Republicans and Democrats alike, were going to unite hold hands and sing kumbaya we did that with a very partisan divisive fashion today as the house of representatives did pass the covid 19 bill the 1.9 trillion dollar bill and it's set to go to his desk which he's set to sign on a friday to wrap up this week so what is actually in the bill now we've talked about some of the porculus what is that what does it actually do though and is it a good thing and can you look forward to something in this bill potentially potentially $300 a week uh, extension for jobless aid supple- uh, supplements and programs, making millions of more people eligible for unemployment insurance through September 6th, according to CNBC.com. Uh, also sending the $1,400 direct payments to most Americans and their dependents. Now, they phase out at $75,000 in income for individuals and capped at people who make $80,000. 
They also expand the child tax credit for one year, increasing it to $3,600 for children under 6 years old and $3,000 for children between 6 and 17. The plan puts about $20 billion, according to the report, to into COVID-19 vaccine manufacturing and distribution, along with roughly $50 billion into testing and contact tracing. Aren't we already kind of doing that? I mean, that's cool, fine, all right, whatever, but aren't we already kind of doing that? Throwing it out there, it adds $25 billion in rental and utility assistance and roughly $10 billion to mortgage aid, okay. The plan offers $350 billion into relief to states, local, and tribal governments. Now, it does not specify what those are, at least in this story. So that could be whatever you want. Here's for your uh, museum for, what was it, Native Native American Language Preservation that's coming out of the COVID-19 bill. That's going into state and local government funding uh, for these things because why the heck not, including Planned Parenthood and other things as such as well. The proposal directs more than $120 billion to K-12 schools. Why? Not quite sure because it doesn't even tell them they have to open their schools up. All it says is you haven't spent had, had to spend any money this year because you have had the buildings closed, you really haven't, I mean, you've obviously paid some teachers, but you haven't had to do a whole lot with the building, the upkeep of the building, the buses. You haven't had to do a whole lot of that. Here's $150 billion more for you so you can continue to stash it away in your emergency fund and then tell the people in your local districts that you don't have enough money. <laughs> yes, I'm a jerk that way. The legislation also expands an unemployment retention tax credit designed to allow the companies to keep workers on the payroll. Uh, it offers nearly $30 billion into the aid of restaurants. Now, he said, uh, and he made a statement saying that this is a great credit, it's a great thing, and hoorah, and he's all happy about it. This is what Joe Biden had to say when it passed the Senate. office 45 days ago, I promised the American people that help was on the way. Today, I can say we've taken one more giant step forward in delivering on that promise that help was on the way. For over a year, the American people were told they were on their own. That we're seeing, uh, we've seen how hard that has been on so many Americans. As of last night, 519,064 lives lost to the virus. That many empty chairs this morning, the breakfast table, gone. More than 400 small businesses closed unnecessarily. Millions of people out of work through no fault of their own. I want to emphasize that. Through no fault of their own. This nation has suffered too much for much too long. And everything in this package is designed to relieve the suffering and to meet the most most urgent needs of the nation and put us in a better position to prevail. Now, again, it's really just a porculous bill to spend on whatever they want to, because remember, we are $2 trillion in a deficit for this year alone. We just signed a $1.9 trillion bill that's going to double that deficit for one single year before we even get to a federal budget that we won't even do until this fall. So there is that going for us. But I can see some of the relief, obviously, for restaurants, for businesses, for individuals, sending the checks out to individuals. Sure. Why the heck not? Uh, It's a one-time thing. Andy, you like universal incomes. No, I don't. I like my tax money coming back to me and me being able to do what I want to with it in a time of crisis when the government doesn't obviously need it. But I don't want that to be an extended long-term type of thing. The problem is, is that that's kind of the direction we're going with this, isn't it? I mean, let's look a little bit deeper here, shall we? Of course, you're going to get the headlines on what's in the bill. You're going to be thinking about what am I going to do with this paycheck coming into me? I'm getting my child tax credits. I'm getting some utility assistance, possibly. I'm getting X. I'm getting Y. I'm getting Z. 
You can think about all of these things, but what does it really mean? A deeper thought here. We are a year into this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, when at least three or four different states are now beginning to open up 100%. 100, you can wear masks if you want to. You don't have to wear masks if you want to. You can go out in public and congregate. You don't have to go out and congregate. There are protests out there now saying, come and take it with a mask, kind of like the don't tread on me, but come and take it with their mask. We're not telling you you don't have to wear the mask or that you don't, you're not allowed to. All we're saying is you don't have to if you don't want to. Again, the left not quite understanding the concept of freedom to where if you choose to, that's cool. If you choose not to, then that's cool as well. Because they want either everything or nothing. But what does this mean? We have come so far down the road of giving, 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 giving at the federal level that we will never be able to take this stuff back. Ever. Explain to me someone who was unemployed prior to the pandemic and someone who's newly employed because of the pandemic and try to draw that line and be like, all right, now your job may have gone out during the uh, during the shutdown, at what point do we say things are open back up? Now you have to go find another job before we give you extended unemployment benefits. Now, I want to help those that actually were affected by the pandemic, that literally truly lost their jobs because of the pandemic, that their business, their small business shut down, that the small business they worked for shut down. Yeah, we need to help those individuals. Absolutely. Where's that line? How do you decipher that? How does a federal government that can't do anything efficiently in any way, shape or form, how do they come out and sit around the round table and say, all right, we can't afford everybody to be on unemployment any longer. We can't afford these extension on unemployment benefits any longer. September's going to be the end of it, let's say. How do we move forward? Well, this person was working prior to. He was working at a small business. The small business shut down. Do we extend that? Because we're not quite open yet. So the opportunities for new jobs aren't quite there yet. We need to extend it for him. But someone who's been on unemployment even before the pandemic, it made it harder for them to find a job, and therefore we need to extend it for them as well. Or no, sorry, your unemployment benefits are all over. If you remember at statewide levels, they have different caps. Like you can only apply and you're going to get it for like six months at a time. And then after that, poof, you're done. Sorry, you got to wait another like three years. You don't qualify any longer. Some of that has been suspended because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But it, where do we draw that line? We've already created the scenario that you are an absolute victim. Everybody's a victim. And we're just going to continuously expand, expand your unemployment benefits. Now, the federal government at some point has to draw the line, right? Wrong. Because you give the government an inch and they take three miles. So you tell them, wait a second, it's time to open things back up. We're not going to supply additional unemployment benefits any longer. People are going to lose their minds, and that's when the litigation is going to begin. Andy, what do you mean? Here's exactly what I mean. I don't feel safe going back to work. Everything's open, though. Uh, I know, but I don't feel safe about it. You got the vaccine? I know, but they still say to wear a mask even if I got the vaccine. Yeah, but you know what? Things are open up again, and it's going to be okay. No, I don't really don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. You know this is coming. You know the left-wing progressives love saying that they don't feel safe or they don't feel comfortable. They feel very triggered. They feel very uh, vulnerable. They feel very uh, snowflakey-ish. I don't feel safe going back to work. Oh, you're going to make me go back to work or I'm not going to get paid or get my unemployment. Here's a lawsuit. You know it's coming. It's going to come starting in September, October if they don't extend those benefits. So now we've extended it. So we've continuously extended it. And again, this is not an attack on those that actually truly need it. This is where is that line drawn between, you know what, uh, you need to go and find a different job or you need to start a new venture or uh, remember what Donald Trump did again, or Ivanka Trump actually led this program. 
was trying to get trained in a new career. Things are changing. Things are adapting. Working from home, working the tech industry, working certain things. Let's start a federal program to where if people are losing their jobs because of the industry being affected so harshly, let's get you trained in something else and get the workforce transition to something different that's active and that's alive and that's booming and that's doing well for us to survive so that way we don't have you on unemployment. Let's not just have you sit there and play the victim and get the paycheck. Let's train you in something different so you can continuously work. They don't like that. They ended it. As soon as Donald Trump was gone, boom, gone. Instead, you're a victim. We'll continuously send you a check. You're a victim. We'll expand your unemployment benefits. Well, when are they going to end? Well, I don't know. When the economy's back up. I love one of the quotes from actually our governor here in the state of Kansas. She made the comment of uh, during a discussion of lowering sales tax on food. And yes, Kansas does tax its food, which is really ridiculous because most states do not do that. We not only just tax food in the state of Kansas, we tax it at a 6.5% rate at the statewide sales tax rate in the state of Kansas. And when asked, which was one of her platforms saying she was going to eliminate that, which is funny because Democrats were the ones that put it in place. But when she was asked about that before she ran for or when she first got into office, she said, well, we're not going to get rid of it yet. We're going to wait until things calm down economically. We're going to wait until things just kind of settle. The dust settles in the state economy. Then we can talk about that. Hey, Joe Biden, when are you going to start uh, stop providing extended unemployment benefits for those affected by the pandemic? When things settle down, when things open up, it's kind of like the excuse that you make when you really don't want to visit with somebody, right? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great Republic. You're listening to the Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. I know we try to cram a lot into this program, which is why we literally try to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time as we try to cover some of this with the shenanigans it is this COVID-19 relief bill. Where does it end and how far will we go? This is now the third one. We have yet to spend the rest of the second one, and now we're into a major third one. But now that we've done it, help is here. Where do we go from there? At what point do we continuously just con- uh, keep spending that money? It's an interesting concept as we move forward in this nation. What will the future look like? And will that dependency this continue on? Which is what Democrats have always wanted. And like usual, let's utilize the opportunity and never let a crisis go to go to waste, right? I mean, that's really the mentality from a lot of them. Welcome into the show. 24 minutes past the hour. You can find us on our social media, which the social media is, I don't think it's social media. I think it's more just my program with the video streaming acting up today. But you can find us on the Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn, plus the website at whosyourreason.com. Also, I do have up my ourfreedombook.com, which is the new app site that we talked to Dave Lipsky about yesterday. Uh, ourfreedombook.com and you can sign up there it's a really cool site i have my profile built we're going to start working on transitioning i think some of the streaming to that site and stop some of the other ones so if you want to watch the live streaming uh, or we may keep it in as long as they allow us to but we're not getting a whole lot of traction on it any longer i cannot share out the feed on facebook which is kind of frustrating to me, but I can't do it. I just can't share it. I can put it on my personal page, and that's about it. So if you're friends with me, you can see it. I try to make it public for everybody. Uh, We are still on YouTube, but that one's still shadow banning us as well and keeping us out of the algorithm, so we're not gaining a whole lot of traction there, which you can, by the way, subscribe to us on there, and I appreciate it if you do. But I think we're going to start transitioning to ourfreedombook.com as well and start doing live stream there uh, just because we can. And because they're not going to censor us. And already we're starting to get some friends and followers on there. And we appreciate you there as well. We'll get Dave Lipsky by way, back on the program because that was a really cool conversation that we had with him yesterday about all the different uh, sites that he is working on and some of the opportunities that is there. Real quickly, though, to wrap up some of the stimulus package stuff, and I know you've been hearing about it all day long, so it's I'm sure you're ad nauseum, just kind of tired and glassy and, and just done with it. But... The looking at the deeper meaning, why are we doing this? We're opening things back up. The vaccine is going out. We're looking more optimistic. According to the latest polls that we just read a few days ago, over 60% of Americans have seen a positive movement with COVID response, and they feel optimistic. Now, of course, Joe Biden's getting the credit for that, but people are feeling optimistic. So why are we spending more money at the federal government instead of just saying everything's opened up again, have at it and do your thing? Because they don't want that. And what that means is now we've tied up the entire rest of this year going into the next federal budget in this fall where they can decide to do more of this. And now that we've given them that opportunity to actually spend money on certain programs, giving states state aid, you know what's going to happen again. Most state governments are start, starting to work on their federal budget uh, by the summer. The summer and early fall is when usually their state fiscal budgets end and the new year begins. So all of them that are looking at next year's budgets, they're all looking at deficits. Here in the state of Kansas, they're looking at a $12 billion debt deficit in the state that they have to try and rectify. Now, our Democrat governor's just like, well, we hope we get more federal money from the federal government because let's just get bailed out. Spend too much money and then just get bailed out. We don't want that. 
We don't want something like that to happen. And then when we ask when it's going to end, it is. It's really just like the dating or when it's like trying to visit with some family and friends that you really don't really like want to see right now. And they're like, hey, we should get together. Oh, yeah, we should totally get together. You know, like when things slow down a little bit, once the temperature starts warming up a little bit and, you know, things kind of happen, then we'll totally be there, man. We'll just let you know. <laughs> That's kind of the situation we're at right now with the federal government. Hey, when are you going to stop giving us bailout money? Well, you know, when things slow down a little bit, when it opens up and things are running great. Because that's what they like to do. And we'll just continue on and on and on. Like the Energizer Bunny, the Democrats just can't stop giving away your money. It's a concept. When we come back, Lucas Miles, he wrote the book, The Christianity and the Left. We'll talk about progressivism and religion. Do they coincide together and how could they coincide together? We'll talk about some of that and more. Plus, we have issues at the immigration border that I've been wanting to talk about. We haven't had a chance to do so. So we'll do that on the program today as well. All coming up here on the voice of reason the voice of reason with andy hoosier hey it's andy hoosier while you listen to the delightful broadcast of the voice of reason don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites whether you're using facebook youtube twitter minds.com or instagram we're there for you find us at hoosier reason on any of your social media platforms you'll see special commentary links to the articles and news that we use on the show and videos of the broadcast Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you all. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-post-Monday, the pre-pre-Friday celebration. One of the greatest days of the entire week. Yes, I know it's a Wednesday, but you still see the light at the end of the tunnel, so it's all good. Welcome back into the program of Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn. We have all the social media going, the live stream going, plus on the website at HoosierReason.com. And you can find all the social media at Who's Your Reason, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. I want to shift gears a little bit from the COVID bill. We'll get back to that here in a little bit. I do want to touch on some immigration issues that have been going on as well. Children at the border tripling. Kind of ironic. Do you remember all the way back when during 2016 and Donald Trump said he was going to be tough on immigration and immigration, illegal immigration, literally dropped by like 80 percent at the border for like four or five months till they realized that Congress wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do. So then it started coming back. But it dropped like 80 percent in the first like five months of this administration. Joe Biden, we're in one month of his administration, says he wants more of an open open border policy and the number of illegal immigrants and caravans triple <laughs> in the first month. And then his people are like, no, it's not a crisis. We'll just deal with it as we go along. To me, it just boggles my mind. But I, I, we'll get to that in a minute. I want to shift gears a little bit as we talk about some other interesting, fascinating things on this program. What's trending today? So as you know, I like to go just a little bit deeper, unveil the layers of the onion just a little bit more. And we talk about not only current events and politics, but also philosophy and the religious side, because to me, they're all interconnected. 
and how does it all work? And uh, I've, I, I'm always fascinated by the study that I'll never forget from a couple years ago that said that as the size of government grows in the nation, the number of religious people within that society begin to shrink because people look more towards the government for their answers instead of looking towards a higher power, spirituality, or looking to themselves or what do you, whatever you may believe in. And I've always found that fascinating because it's a cycle of life sort of thing where government's always been that way. And so we always just look forward to the government to solve everything. And then society crumbles because government doesn't know what the hell they're actually doing. So uh, there is that. So I'm excited to have on the program to talk about some of this and more. He is the author of The Christian Left, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. He's a conservative pastor and the author of the book, Lucas Miles, with us here. Lucas, how are you, my friend? Hey, I am doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. It's always, as I mentioned, a, a topic that fascinates me. Did you remember seeing that, or do you see that type of similarity as well as the size of government grows, religious people in, in society kind of diminish and dwindle little by little as well? Absolutely. I mean, I you know, the left talks a lot about the separation of church and state, but really what they want is a church that is subservient to the state. And I think that uh, for many people, the state is becoming their god, uh, they're looking to, uh, you know, to it to meet all of their needs in life from, you know, health care to the afterlife. And uh, I think that it's, it's a losing battle. And we see that time and time again. It's really sad. You're right. I mean, government, what are you going to do for us? I mean, I was involved in a high school shooting my senior year, and I'll never forget that we're now every time we see about a school shooting government. Why won't you do something? We just need you to do something. Pass some type of gun regulation bill, and then poof, all of a sudden I'll feel better and feel more safe in my nice little bubble, and everything will back, go back to normal instead of looking at some of the deeper issues. But here's the ultimate question. I remember as well, I was trying to start up a, a local young Republicans organization in Colorado, and I was handing out flyers, and some people were not very happy about me trying to get the young Republicans active in that, organiz- or in that community. And someone told me, Andy... Jesus was a socialist, and that's, of course, the argument from the left all the time is that Jesus was a socialist. So, Lucas, tell me, was Jesus a socialist, and should we be looking towards progressive values because Jesus advocated for socialism? Jesus was not a socialist, (laughs) and, you know, if you look at Jesus' teachings, he taught two things that completely uh, uh, go in the face of socialistic ideals. One was personal responsibility, and that is something that really the left nor socialists believe in. And the second is what I'll call personal stewardship, and that is that you are in control uh, with what you do with your time, your resources, and your money. And every good socialist knows that we can't let the people be in charge of their time, resources, and money. That has to be controlled by the state. Uh, but I, I think we have to go back a little bit further than that, you know, to fully understand this. What we're seeing is progressive thought. It's not just about Republican or Democrat. Progressive ideology really came out of the Enlightenment. And there was a teaching that said uh, it was called the, uh, the historic Jesus. And basically, it was a group of people, philosophers and, and, and the like, that, that they took a new approach to looking at the, the um, identity of Jesus. And basically, they determined that the scriptures were not trustworthy enough for them and that human reason was more reliable. So they literally went verse by verse through the Bible and determined which aspect of Scripture they wanted to believe in for their version of Jesus and which ones they wanted to scrap. You know, almost the equivalent of us going through with a Sharpie and just crossing out every other verse. And so anything that had to do with the miraculous, with forgiveness of sins, with the lordship of Jesus, with eternal life, those things were all scrapped off the table because they just didn't fit their human reason. So what they were left with was sort of this... um, 
you know, this uh, Jesus, the great social organizer, you know, Jesus, the, the champion for the poor. Uh, and so they really stripped him of anything that made him godlike, uh, anything that made him the savior of the world, and really made him, uh, you know, more so uh, just sort of the savior of the state. And I think we're seeing a resurgence in that today. Uh, and it's a scary thing. It is a very scary thing. I, I mean, it's interesting to see what you can pick and choose on what you want to believe and not believe in and just say, well, I believe this, but I don't think this actually happened when it's all from the same books. So that doesn't make any sense to me in any way, shape or form within Christianity itself, though. I mean, within the religion, within the church across the nation, which I, I mean, I'm a millennial. I don't go to church. I haven't gone to church in a long time, but I'm very spiritual. I'm very Christian. Uh, I just I haven't found one that I enjoy because I like more of the philosophical discussion rather than the feel good sermon. And that's just me personally, but I, I, I'm looking for something I think a little bit deeper. Uh, is there a change in the church right now nationwide uh, to appeal to just either the feel good or do you think it's trying to pander, uh, reach out to the younger generation or is the politics infiltrated the church as well to where we're really having an internal war within churches? It's a great question. And first off, I need to get you to check out my church live stream where I'm teaching every week because you might find something <laughs> that's going to fit exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, I love uh, it. Because these are things I talk about from the pulpit. And, you know, when uh, when we look at this, there is an attack that's happening within the Church. The left knows that they can't win elections uh, without really breaking up the religious vote. And, you know, both Catholics, Protestants, etc. And so, you know, if you look back even the last couple decades, um, our seminaries, and our, our theology centers have really been left-leaning for a long time within, you know, uh, universities, even in the Christian space. And that's not true for every Christian university, but it's true for a lot of them. I can remember being in Germany 20 years ago and hearing, you know, talk from professors at, at um, schools of theology there that were saying that by the time you get done with my class, I'm going to make you an atheist. Mm. And we have a lot of people that are studying theology that don't believe in the lordship of Jesus. It's just a study for them. It's an academic approach. And that has dripped from the professor uh, to the pastor to eventually into the pews. And I think that every American needs to be aware of this. They need to evaluate where their church is at, because leftism, it really has a tendency to creep in slowly, and it doesn't just show up overnight, and we have to educate ourselves on this topic. And that's one of the reasons I wrote this book, The Christian Left. Yeah, well, and that's I mean, that's what they do all around. I mean, not just in religion, but in just government itself. I mean, when they uh, FDR talked about it greatly, where he could leave office, but if you put the right people in the administration in D.C., then the administration and the bureaucracy grows, and we continue on the agenda slowly, because if we just implement socialism all at the same time, then no one's going to go for it. But over a 50, 60, 70, 80 you know, span year, people are going to wake up and be like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what it was like before we had all these agencies. Now we just can't live without the EPA or without the Department of Energy or the Department of whatever else because it's just always been there. I just don't know why we would ever live without something like that. So it's something to be concerned about uh, for sure as we move along. We're talking with, by the way, Lucas Miles, the Christian left, how liberal thought has hijacked the church, which is a very concerning aspect to us. And now here's the big question as well. During the whole COVID pandemic, we were allowed to go out and protest in the middle of the street we couldn't go to church. Has there been an attack on religion, especially over the last year or so during the pandemic? I think certainly in some uh, markets more so than others. Uh, you know, I'm based in Indiana, um, and initially our governor was very, um, very uh, favorable towards our churches. Uh, he, he gave them the ability to, you know, really kind of make those decisions on their own in terms of how they wanted to, you know, approach that if they wanted to go, you know, to virtual services or not. And so, 
you know, our church was shut down where I where I pastor. It's called Influence Church, just with uh, it's N F L U E N C E, no I. And um, we, you know, we shut down for about a month and just did virtual only. And we've been back ever since then. But what, you know, my friends I talk to in places like New York and California, they've had a really tough go at it. And, you know, what we are seeing is that there's certain pastors that uh, they just don't want to, they don't want to tip over the apple cart, you know. And so uh, there's there's a little bit of cowardice that has, has risen up there within uh, our churches. They're afraid of losing their 501c3s. They're afraid of speaking out on these topics. They're, they're maybe not fully educated on, you know, what their rights are or what legal options they have. And I'm not a big fan of just, you know, being the, the rebellious guy going out there yelling and screaming and, you know, calling everybody stupid just because you don't <laughs> like the rules that they're setting. I think that there's ways to do this, though, legally, and there's ways to, you know, really uh, uh, know the law, use the existing system to really make sure that our rights are not taken away from us, yeah. especially uh, from a religious standpoint. And at the end of the day, though, if they if they do want to, you know, try to take them away further, I think Christians have to do what we've done for, for the last 2,000 years of church history. And that is we're going to continue worshiping, you know, how God has called us to, regardless of what the state says, and we're going to face the consequences. And I think that's the position that more people need to take. I love it. It's good stuff. Lucas Miles, The Christian Left is the book. Make sure to check it out on Amazon and other places as well. Also, Influence Church. It's the letter N, Fluence Church. Uh, real quickly, we got about 20 seconds or so. Give us a little plug. When are the services and can people find the live stream? Yes, yeah, so we do a live stream on Facebook, Influence uh, Church. It's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I check it out, uh, always streaming online, and uh, it's really, I think, for people that are conservative patriots and that love the Lord, you're going to find a lot of stuff that you like there. So definitely check that out. We have an app as well on the App Store under the same name. Very cool. I love it, Off. Check it out. And we got to get you back on the show again. I love these types of conversations. I love going more uh, philosophical at many times during the show instead of just the regular current events. So, Lucas, let's do this again real soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, appreciate it. We'll take a break here. Get ready for one last segment on the program for a Wednesday. A lot more to get to. Immigration policy. What's next with that? While we also talk about COVID and more. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, Gerard, welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today for a post-post-Monday, the pre-pre-Friday, wrapping up the show. Thanks again to Lucas Miles coming on the show. Great guest. We'll get him back on the show again here at a later time tomorrow. Oh, yeah, all right. We got a few guests. Uh, Krisha Lenzo. We've talked with her before about some of the uh, Robin Hood, some of the trading stuff. She'll be back on the program tomorrow. She wants to, uh, we'll talk about, I'm really excited to have her on. We're going to get her on in a semi-regular time to talk about some of the uh, markets and how things are going and fluctuating. Obviously, after a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 stimulus bill, I want to see how the markets are going to respond to that. So we'll talk with Chrissy about that, and uh, she's looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. She was going to come on today, had some stuff come up, wasn't able to get on, so we'll get her on the program tomorrow. Here's some breaking news for you. What's trending today? I think probably the most important story you'll see all day. Just throwing that idea out there. Canadians report seeing UFOs in the sky at a rate of three times per day. Say what? Oh, yeah. Uh, According to a Canadian UFOologist, I did not know there was such a thing, and I now want to become one. Where do I go to get my degree on UFOlogy? (laughs) Um, In Canada's Fox Mulder, he recently traveled to Duncan, a small town of Vancouver. Um reported seeing strange encounters in Duncan along with uh, uh, other parts of the country in teenage years in the 1980s, saw a boomerang-shaped object in the sky over the town gliding towards the mountains, did a 90-degree turn, went straight, and it just disappeared. Uh, So many different stories that there are sightings that last roughly 15 minutes. That's crazy with how long that is. Usually just see it and boom, gone. There's roughly 1,000 UFO reports filed in Canada every single year, and the number remains high Every single year since the 1980s. That's crazy. Either they're drinking way too much uh, maple syrup up there in Canada. See, joke. Again. Or they're actually seeing UFOs. So that's the big story of the day. There you go. Uh, Nearly uh, three times a day there's UFO sightings with how many and how frequently they're actually seeing things in the sky. I find that fascinating. And now I want to become a UFOlogist. Not sure how you do that. Someone sent me an online certificate, and I will become a UFOlogist uh, officially. Here's the big news. According to Fox News, border numbers are expected to show wave of migrant children in custody triples. The Biden administration, according to Fox News, is set to release the new border numbers this week. Figures expect to show a wave of migrant uh, migration crashing down on the southern border in the recent weeks. Again, when Donald Trump came into office the first five, six months, the illegal immigrants dropped by near 80% because what did he say? He was going to build a big, beautiful wall. It's going to be the most beautiful wall you've ever seen in your entire life. You'll never see anything so wonderful before. It's going to be big. It's going to have big, beautiful doors for all the legal, the legal immigrants are going to be coming into the big door. Outside of that, the illegal immigrants and the, uh, the, the, the terrible people, just the bad, bad people coming up, they're just not going to be allowed into the country. With that type of talk, which everybody enjoyed, by the way, on his supporting side and the Republican side, uh, the illegal immigrants dropped by near 70 to 80 percent in the first five, six months. 
dropped, just gone, because they did not want to be deported. We knew that we were going to be focusing on that as an issue. Joe Biden comes into office. We're going to reverse this policy. We're going to stop building the wall. We're going to reverse this. We're going to... And now all of a sudden you see migrant children tripling. And no longer, by the way, are they the evil detention centers where you're separating the families, but you are now just rehabilitating children and just taking care of them. They're just the overflow sanctuaries for children so we can take care of them, we can house them. We're not testing for COVID. We're not giving vaccines down there. So while you have to close your small business because you are a non-essential business according to the government, they're allowed just to waltz right in without any type of test, uh, possibly spreading who knows what. And I'm not saying everybody is, but if they did get COVID and they didn't know it and they're walking across the border, we're not testing, we're not vaccinating, we're not doing anything. They can just waltz right into the country. But you no, you need to shut down your business. You are non-essential. We don't care about you and your business. That's the world we live in under a Biden administration. Now, as I've mentioned before, states can take these into their own hands. At the border especially, sorry, it's a matter, a matter of national security for us or statewide emergency. We're going to send the National Guard. We're going to do our own law enforcement. We're going to enforce immigration policy at our statewide level because that's what we have to do to sustain and survive as a state. And the federal government can't do anything about it. They can complain, but they can't do anything about it. But we have to do something as children are now tripling at the border. What do we do with all these children? You can't send a child back by himself or herself. You can't which is what they're anticipating. But once the kid's there, then, oh, you have my child. I no need to go to the country with you. Or, oh, human trafficking. Or, oh, list goes on. It's a frustrating situation, but, hey, what do you expect when you open up the border and you just say, we're going to reverse everything that was relatively tough at the border and we're just going to let anybody do whatever they want to. And then when asked about it, is there a crisis? No, 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 there's no crisis. We just have more people there than we've ever had in our entire existence crazy times podcast going up a little bit that does it for us today make sure to be your own voice of reason it's time for you to speak up speak out speak loud speak proud speak the truth and always speak some reason use some common sense speak some reason this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier everybody have a wonderful wednesday hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time the progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.